Hey, good morning, afternoon, or evening. It's a Tuesday. Uh, whenever you are listening to this podcast, we are continuing our journey through uh, Scripture. Uh, my name is Philip Thomas, pastor of Journey here in Elgin, and uh, glad you've joined us today. Uh, we went through Genesis chapter 41 uh, yesterday, uh, on last Thursday, and uh, now we're going to be picking up in uh, Genesis chapter 42, uh, and we're going to go through uh, 44. Uh, and then we're gonna, then, then we'll hit, uh, the, the end after, after that. So we're only gonna hit a couple of chapters here. But one thing that I find as I, uh, go through this, there's always little things that I wish I would have said or, uh, there's, cause there's so much, right? And, and, but for us to get through the whole Bible, uh, we can't, <laughs> we can't hit every little point. Uh, but there's sometimes, there's, I missed something. I'm like, ah, I think I think that's an important uh, aspect to this story because the story of Joseph, especially here, is a vital story for us to understand. It gives such a wonderful picture uh, of of God's interaction with us, of of be, choosing to be faithful to God, of overcoming unfairness, of overcoming difficult circumstances. And so, at the very end of uh, chapter 41, uh, where where we left off, uh, if you remember, uh, Joseph has been betrayed by his brothers, been sold into slavery. Uh, Jacob, his father, thinks that he's dead. Uh, he ends up in Potiphar's house, uh, is, rises in the ranks there, does really well. Uh, and then Potiphar's wife falsely accuses him of harassment. Uh, then he gets thrown in prison. Uh, then he rises in the ranks there, uh, does really well, helps two of Pharaoh's uh, 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 workers uh, by interpreting their dreams. Uh, the, they forget him, right? So he's in jail for another three years, uh, but he continues to, to work and continues to be faithful to God. Um, and now finally, uh, he interprets Pharaoh's dream, and now he is released and he is given put in charge of, of handling the affairs, dealing with the famine that is to come. And, uh, and so he's gone through all of that, and he has two children. And in uh, chapter 41, uh, he has, uh, uh, and this is in verse 51, it says, Joseph called the name of his firstborn Manasseh, for God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second he called Ephraim, for God has called me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And I, I think that's really interesting. So why would Joseph have named his children that? It's obviously speaking about him, right? And that first one, that God has helped him to forget all his toil and all my father's house, right? Now, it doesn't mean he's forgotten about it. It means that he has overcome, that he has moved past that, right? That, that all of that injustice that he suffered at the hands of his brothers, he, at any point, he had an excuse to give up on life, right? Like he could have said, this is, this is ridiculous. And he, he could have just given up. He could have turned his back on God. He could have quit trying. Um, he had every reason to do that because of how unfairly he was treated. But he did not allow himself to be defined by his past. Rather, he focused on where he was and what he could do moving forward. And I, I think that's a vital thing for us to understand. Uh, that doesn't minimize what many people have gone through in their past. Lots of people have gone through horrific things in their past and have experienced injustice, have experienced abuse, uh, all of those things. And uh, th that is very real and is very powerful. But that does not define who you are, 
God will help us to move forward and to, to put our focus on where we are going rather than our focus behind us. And I think that's very important for us to understand that, that God does want us to do that. He doesn't want us to get stuck and to get caught in where we were, but rather look where we are going. And, and Joseph starts to focus on the, the opportunities he now has, opportunities he never would have thought uh, or never would have dreamed about, you know, whenever he was with his brothers growing up, he never would have dreamed that he would be in a foreign land, uh, in, in prison and then rising to, to a powerful position in that land. That was never something he expected, but now he recognized, okay, this is where I am. I'm going to accept uh, God's blessings here and we're going to move forward. And uh, so we, we see, see that. And I, I wanted to bring that up because it's just very important to this whole story of Joseph, because he has been able to put that behind him and move forward, uh, things continue to unfold. And so the famine hits, just as Joseph had predicted. Uh, God had given them the wisdom to interpret Pharaoh's dream. The famine hits, and then there in uh, chapter 42, uh, it hits the people of Canaan. And Jacob and Joseph's brothers uh, are sitting around. I love what it says. It says, <laughs> Jacob says to his sons, why do you look at one another? Indeed, uh, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt. So go down there and buy some for us so that we may not die. And kind of, it's funny, just the picture there is that they're all just sitting around talking about, well, what do we do? What do we do? And they're just sitting there. And Jacob's like, get off your rear end and go get something, right? And so uh, Joseph's brothers uh, make, make the, the uh, tra- travel to Egypt. They leave behind Benjamin, the youngest. You know, we, we see the flaws in this family. Jacob's favorite is uh, Joseph and Benjamin because they were the sons that Rachel had, who was the wife that he had intended. And remember how all of that devolved. Um, so Joseph and Benjamin were clearly his favorites. He's lost Joseph. So now his favoritism has gone to Benjamin. And uh, so he doesn't want Benjamin to go because he, he's scared that he's going to lose Benjamin. And so Joseph's brothers, uh, they go and they meet Joseph. And you can just imagine the scene. And it, it makes sense. So some people say, well, how, why did they not recognize Joseph? Well, they wouldn't be looking for Joseph, uh, one. Two, it's been over 30 years by now. <laughs> so look at a picture from yourself 30 years ago. Uh, you may not recognize yourself either. But, but, uh, but also, Joseph would be an Egyptian looking. He would be wearing Egyptian clothing. He would have been uh, looking like an Egyptian. He wasn't even speaking uh, Hebrew. Uh, he was going through an interpreter at this time. But he does recognize them. And, uh, and he sees who they are. And I think it's interesting Joseph's reaction. And put yourself in that position. He could have done anything, right? He, he could have just immediately had them jailed and imprisoned with no reason. Uh, he could have given them the reason and said, pay back, it, it's time right? Uh, Or he could have just opened his arms and given them lots of hugs and said, oh, it's so great to see you being reunited with my family. This is wonderful. He didn't do that. He, I believe that he was excited to see them. He's kind of like, wow, what, what is God doing here? Here all of a sudden I am reunited with my family in a sense. But he wanted to check and see if his brothers had changed, (laughs) He, he is going to now put them through a test. He wants to see if, have they learned anything from what they did to me? 
and I think that's, that's, a, that's a wise thing to do. Uh, he, he desires to have a relationship with them, as we will see. Uh, but he also wants to make sure, okay, where are they now? What, are, are they the same brothers who threw me in a well and sold me? Uh, or have they learned from that? And so we have uh, him starting to interact with them, accuses them of being spies, uh, says that he's going to have them imprisoned. Uh, he wants them to bring Benjamin uh, back so that he can see uh, Benjamin. Uh, in verse 18, he, he says this. He says, uh, this, they've been in prison now for three days. And it, Joseph says uh, to them on the third day, do this and live. So he's asking them to go back uh, and, and get, get Benjamin. And uh, if they're going to come back, they have to bring back Benjamin. And he's going to keep one of the brothers there. It says, do this and live, for I fear God. Another way to interpret that is, I am a God-fearing man. Uh, if you are an honest man, let one of your brothers be confined to a prison house, but you go and carry the grain to, to back home. And that line is so important, and, uh, and I think it's a basic principle that we need to learn uh, from Scripture, uh, is that we need to be God-fearing people. You need to be a God-fearing person, uh, that, that you have a respect for God, uh, but there is a healthy fear of God, knowing that God is holy, uh, that, that God is the creator of all things, right? But that, yes, he, he does love us, and He cares for us, and He interacts in our life, but there should be a healthy respect and a fear for God. That is vital for our understanding of our place in creation, right? It is God, and then, and then it is us, right? We are, we are lower than Him, and there is a, a response of respect and fear to that, and we need to strive to be God-fearing people, just as Joseph was. So uh, Joseph uh, talks to them and uh, gives them this opportunity uh, to go back, but one of the brothers has to stay, uh, and he's hearing them discuss this in Hebrew because they think that he can't understand them. And, and that's when Reuben uh, says, did I not speak to you, talking to the brothers, saying, do not sin against the boy, but you would not listen. Therefore, behold, his blood is now required of us. Um, and what, what Joseph is realizing is that they have struggled with this decision. <laughs> like they've realized, okay, what we did there was not right. And they didn't think there was any way that they could make up for it, uh, but they have acknowledged that. Um, and, and so Joseph does let them go back. He actually puts the money back in their bags of grain, and this freaks them out because they're like, oh, great. Now it's going to seem like we somehow swindled the Egyptians uh, to get our bags of grain. Uh, and I think this is all, again, part of Joseph's test. How are they going to handle this? How are they going to handle this adversity? And Maybe, maybe there's a little bit of fun that Joseph's having. It's like, eh, I can put a little bit of stress on them. They've, they've given me some stress as well. But so he sends them back. They go back to uh, Canaan and they tell Jacob uh, what needs to happen. So Simeon, uh, the, uh, Joseph's brother, is now in Egypt. The rest are back with uh, Jacob and they say, okay, we need to go get Simeon, but to do it, we have to bring Benjamin. It's interesting. Jacob actually is like, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. He, he doesn't want to make that decision. And so they, they begin eating the food, going through. Of course, it's still a famine. 
Uh, they're, they're talking about this. You can imagine the conversations. Do we go back? Because now they know that they also didn't technically pay for that food. So if they go back, they're all in danger. Um, and, uh, but that's the only way they're going to be getting Simeon. And so Jacob is struggling. He's like, here, I, I've already lost Joseph. Now you want me the chance to, and I've lost Simeon. Uh, every time that y'all go somewhere, <laughs> you lose, you lose a brother. And uh, so he's struggling. Uh, and, uh, but Reuben assures him, uh, you know, that everything's going to be okay. They finally gets to the point where they are desperate. They need food. Uh, so they have to go back to Egypt and they have to bring, uh, Benjamin uh, with them. So they get back and, uh, Joseph welcomes them in and invites them to come to a, to a feast. And what's interesting is they immediately have a guilty conscience. They, they start worrying, oh, is he setting us up? Is he going to, to have us all killed? Uh, they, they are really struggling uh, with this. And they have this guilty conscience that you see there in chapter 43 uh, in verses 16 and 17. Uh, they're, they're wondering, why, why is he asking us to come to this meal? What's going to happen? Um, and uh, But they, they get there. They have this wonderful uh, meal together. It's interesting in verse 26 um, that they are all there. His brothers, what do they do whenever he enters in? They bow down to him. Which if you remember, what started all of this was Joseph's dreams that he told to his brothers that one day they would bow down before him. Now, his brothers didn't take that kindly and were like, who's this punk kid to say that we're going to bow down to him? Well, guess what? They're now bowing down before Joseph. Um, and and they, they have a, uh, a meal together. Um, it's interesting. One thing that kind of... Uh, jumped out to me, uh, talks about, you know, just the, the sinful nature in, in all cultures. Uh, down in verse 32 of chapter uh, 43, it says, So they set him a place by himself uh, and themselves, the Egyptians who ate with them by themselves, because the Egyptians could not eat food with the Hebrews, uh, for that is an abomination to the Egyptians. Right? They, they were not going to associate with another culture. They were not going to associate uh, with another people group. They could not even break bread with them together. Uh, that sinfulness of racism, of superiority, of racial supremacy, that is something that has been going on for a long time because it is a sin problem. It's a human nature problem. And uh, the Egyptians revealed that. And, and it's a little bit of foreshadowing as to what's going to be coming in the years to come as well. Um, and so uh, we, we get there, they have, have this meal. Uh, uh, Joseph really kind of shows his favoritism to his brother Benjamin, which you know makes sense as his only full brother. It's also the only brother that wasn't there to sell him over into uh, to slavery. Um, and, and so they ha- have a kind of a back and forth. It's interesting what uh, one of the things Joseph does is he gives them all their uh, grain, but then he puts a cup uh, in Benjamin's sack and uh, has the people accuse Benjamin of stealing the cup. Um, and again, I think he's, he's kind of wanting to see how these brothers are going to handle this. And the brothers are just distraught and uh, will do anything to protect Benjamin. And, and this starts changing Joseph's perspective uh, of his brothers. 
that he he's starting to recognize, okay, they have learned something. Um, and then Judah, you see jo- Judah interceding for Benjamin and just goes all out saying, listen, you cannot take Benjamin. We have promised uh, our father that he would be safe and, uh, and just goes on and on um, and offers himself up uh, and is in a selfless act saying, you know, take me, uh, do anything else that you have to, but do not take Benjamin. And that, that brings us to the end of chapter 44. I want us to stop there uh, today. Um, next next uh, Thursday, on Thursday, will be chapter 45 through the end uh, of Genesis. So we're going to wrap up the story uh, of Joseph and, and, uh, and go all the way through Joseph's death uh, at the end of, of Genesis. So I encourage you to read chapters 45 through 51 of Genesis for next Thursday. All right, we'll see you then.